Hey, it's a new year, so it's time to get your rear in gear. When you're ready to sit down with the guys, just reach out by email, ron at windermere.com. All right, can we stop the show? Episode number 64. Stop this the show. I come in here, I work my fingers to the bone, and just... What is going on? G-Force, go in the other room. Take Charlie with you, because this is not going to be pretty. Have you seen this? Have what? Have you s- seen this? It's unbelievable. I, I Right now, and, and thanks to everyone that went to Glow.fm. Go to Glow.fm, uh, Ron and Don. And Ron and Don Radio. Ron and Don Radio. And, and thanks for supporting the show. Five, ten, fifteen, uh, twenty dollars $20 a month. John just did that. Kathy Irwin just did that. Jay Strobel just did that. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, a million dollars a month. Whatever you can do. We appreciate that. Glow.fm. Uh, anyway. What are you upset about? Well, unlike terrestrial radio where you're just kind of guessing how many listeners you have, we know how many listeners we have. In fact, we have more listeners that are listening to this podcast. It's just going, do we have any sound effects, any explosions? I'm over here. Oh, it's blowing up in the point. But evidently, it's not blowing up in Duval. I am looking at the stats. Where are you, Duval? What are you talking about? Duval right now is getting killed by the gig. I'm talking about Gig Harbor, T-Town, Tacoma. Checking in. Mary, Marysville, they're all over it. But you know what? Spanaway, you're killing me right now. I'm looking at our list. We have one listener in Spanaway. Spanaway. We have one listener in France and one listener in Spanaway. This is killing me right now. How can we have tens of thousands of listeners in Tacoma? Hundreds of thousands of listeners in Seattle. And we got one in Spanaway. One listener in Spanaway! What's the matter with you, Spanaway? Away with you, Spanaway! Anyway, I'm checking the numbers. I'm basically Santa Claus, a podcast over here. Right. Checking the numbers. How's Issaquah doing? I'm checking them twice. The Quad looks fine. Port Townsend, you're doing good. So Kwame, we're still people. Ten more. Ken Moore. I always you're was suspicious with, of Ken You're Moore. tied with Bothell. You're right next to each other. Bothell. When you go to Bothell and you see the sign downtown, it says for a day or a lifetime. You're like, not even for a minute. I'm out of here. I'm suspicious of Kim. Where, where are they ranking? Clee Allen's killing it right now. I'm gonna get. I, I, I have no more energy to do this podcasting. Can we restart the show? Anyway, hey you guys, let's get with it. And Clee Allen, this is Ording's beating everybody. All right, here we go. It's uh, the Ron and Don Show, episode number 64. I was fresh a minute ago until I just... You, it was a, that was a very upsetting to you. Yeah. Very emo- This podcast, I get very, very emotional in here. Anyway, G-Force, you come back in here. Yeah, Charlie? Yeah, stop doing it. Charlie, you got fixed. Why are you humping that? Okay, he's in there doing his homework. Dinner table. What do you do? You're a single guy. Uh... To me, I've been doing a lot of reading about the dinner table. You and I have been doing these Ron and Don sit-downs. As we go and do these sit-downs, as we're welcome into people's homes, and if you don't know what that is, people will contact us and they'll say, hey, I have this property I want to sell, or I'm thinking about selling, or I don't know what to do with it, or maybe I should short-term, long-term. So we go and we just we go to the pro- we sit down, and we just did this with uh, 
uh, Carol and Ed that we told you about. And we sit down at their dinner table and typically the dinner table, and we have these incredible discussions. And it just reminds me how important the dinner table is. And what my son and I were doing, we were getting home and then I was making dinner and I wasn't sitting down and eating with him. I was making dinner for him and then he would sit at the kitchen bar and then he would turn on some TV sometimes or maybe be playing a game, reading a book. And then when he was done with dinner, we, I'd do the dishes and all that, but I would kind of stand there and eat or sometimes wait till you go to bed and then I would eat. And I'm like, you know what? And I've been really working on this in therapy. I don't have to have another partner in my life because I always thought, you know, once I have the woman in my dreams and we have, have this connection, we'll have this family, sit down at the table and all that. And well, my therapist has said, hey, you have your family. Your family is you. It's your son. And it's your dog. And even though your dog is fixed and is now as crazier than he's ever been and is humping everything when he used to hump nothing, he used to hump nothing and then he cut his hair off and now he's humping everything. But that's another story. And you're I can't, wound up. I can't get into it on episode uh, So uh, let me give you some of the stats because so this is very interesting. Yeah, so my question, is, I'm, what we are trying to do to put a bowl around it is bring the dinner table back to my house is what they, we're trying to do. They surveyed 1,000 Americans in 2019 yeah. and said, did you, when you grew up, did you have family dinners around the table? 75% of people said yes, yeah. that, that that's what happened. We did. Do yeah. you do that now? Mm. The numbers drop precipitously. Yeah. And here's the thing. The couch is now as popular yeah. as the dinner table to eat. Mm. And 17% of those people surveyed eat their meals in their bedroom. Wow. And so th- wow. that uh, 17%. And so uh, 30% of the surveys uh, cited their couch. So you have 30% of the people. And, and I sometimes I do this. I got to admit, when I'm uh, home by myself, like last night, I made a big bowl of salad. Uh, I sat down on the couch and I ate because I don't, I don't have a dinner table. It's a huge Mo- mixing bowl. Like I, It was a mixing bowl. Mixing I put, bowl. poured the whole bag of salad in there. The salad kit. I love the kit. I love the kit. Just throw the kit in the there. Southwestern kit, man. I did the, uh, the Mediterranean kit. I love the kit. So I just threw the kit in there, ate yeah. the whole kit, yeah. uh, and uh, had myself a nice adult beverage. And so, the, but 30% do the couch. Mm. And when I'm by myself, I do the couch. Yeah. But a lot of times I'll eat. I have like a, a bar area. What would you call that? It's, it's like a countertop, like stool i call it a countertop stool bar countertop area stool bar thing. area That's what I call it. but it's big enough to be a table i just oh. don't have a, a formal kitchen table i do like those sitting down at the table and so they they talk to scholars and they talk to food historians and stuff and they say this is the trend now mm. where and i think part of it is that women still do twice the amount of work in the traditional family when it comes to food. Is that right? And so for a lot a lot of them, it's just like, hey, get a prepared meal. And if your kid has a prepared meal, you're eating a different prepared meal, uh, there's not this incentive to sit down. You can just eat wherever you want. Okay. Uh, but they are missing hmm. out on that family time yeah. where you come together and you eat a meal sitting at the same table. Yeah. So, we, so we've been trying to do that where I, I make – the dinner for my son, I make dinner for me. We don't turn on any screens. We're trying not to even look at screens during the week uh, and play video games and stuff. And and sometimes when I'm working and he's with me, uh, we'll use a screen. But that's usually after his homework's done. In fact, we were doing a sit-down yesterday, and he was doing his homework at the kitchen table at Carol's house. It was awesome. So, but, but we sit there, and then and now I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, let the magic begin. Just kind of sit there. Hey, what have, what, what video games you playing lately? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jesus knew how to ha- sit at a table. 
And it was very dramatic. And it's like, hey, you dumb dumb, sit down, all 12 of you, I got something to say. And he said it. But that's kind of a one-off dinner. You can't, right, you you can can't have a night. last supper every... And you know me, I'm very theatrical. Right. And I like to do things big. And I'm like, eh, I, guess, I guess we're going to sit here. And we're not going to look at things. And we're going to talk to each other. And we are connect as father, son, and, and I, horny dog. I do love that you're some and you say, hey, how's it going? Good. Good. What are you up to? Good. Good. <laughs> what color is the sky? Good. Every answer is good. How's... How was school? Good. I picked him up yesterday from school. I'm like, what'd you do in school today? So, ah, good. I like your shoes. Good. <laughs> Everything is just good. It's good, man. Good is good. Anyway, I'll report back after we've had some, because we we've only done this two times. We've only had these family dinners two Looks times. fun. And so far, I have not enjoyed it, and I don't think he's enjoying it, and I think we want to go sit on the couch, but we're going to hang in there. I'll let, you, I'll let you know. I just was at a place where on their table they have this box of, of cards. Yeah. And so you reach in there. It's just a bunch of questions. Okay. It's fun. Yeah. So you, he reaches in and reads you a question, and then you reach in and give him a question. Let's do it. It's, it's kind of cool. Uh, coming up, you want to talk about Amazon here, right? Yeah, Amazon finally released their secret plan that was not so secret. It's yeah. pretty shocking. All right, we'll get to that. First, let's get to this. We'll see you in one minute. It's the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don. Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron and my dad Don. Alright you guys, thanks for sitting down with us. The Ron and Don sit down, we come to you, we bring an old camping mug. He says, I sat down with uh, Ron and Don. If Ron's not there for some reason, you s- I sat down with Don and then I crossed his name out. As you should. Yeah. So anyway, you'd like to sit down with us, reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. We'll come to us, you come to you. You come to you? We come to you, you come to us. Something like that. Hey, it's a live podcast, so what are you going to do? And we don't edit. Like we should go back and edit that. But we don't. We don't edit anything. We don't. Nobody got time any, for that. We don't fix anything, right? <laughs> anyway, what do you got? So th- this I found extremely interesting is in the Seattle Times, uh, and we, have, if you pay attention at all in Seattle, you realize the vast impact of Amazon and what it's meant to our community, what it's meant to housing, what it's meant to the minimum wage, like all these things are tied together. What it's meant in, to forests. What it's meant to forests, and so they, uh, of course, made a huge splash in the last two years of saying, we're going to make Amazon HQ2. And so they put out this ridiculous bid for cities across America to say, how many, how many tax breaks are you going to give us? What sort of incentives will you provide uh, to have Amazon HQ2 in your town? And so hundreds of these things came into Amazon. They had a whole department set up to look at them. Almost 400 cities. And then yeah. they decided, well, we're going to go to New York and we're going to go to a city in Virginia. And then both of those imploded. People freaked out in, in the respective cities and amazon's like whoa politicians rose up we, they we, said we're not we getting- thought this was a good thing yeah. we're getting major pushback and yeah. this was when seattle was pushing back against amazon and so they're like maybe we need to rethink this yeah, people went in and they started buying up real estate because they said wow what's going to happen here is what happened in seattle let's go buy this two hundred thousand dollar house it'll be worth a million dollars uh, 10 years from now and then uh, amazon pulled out ah, and so now yeah. Very uh, sort of discreetly, they've been making moves in Bellevue, but never made it official. Hmm. 
They never made it official. It's just moves where things were happening. Who's been saying that they were doing this? This guy right here. Who are you pointing at, me or to you? Because we're on podcast. Point to me. All right, so this guy right here. This guy over here. So now they finally let the cat out of the bag, which I've never understood why the cat was in the bag in the, the first place. The cat's not in the bag because this is something, if you go back and you listen to episode 43, I said this on episode I 43. I Amazon told you that, is saying I, I told you that, that HQ2 is already here and they just didn't tell anyone. That's so I want to give you context before I say no the number. No one's listening to me. Uh, in 2018... Uh, the largest employer uh, on the east side was Microsoft. And in Bellevue, they had 6,300 workers. T-Mobile had 5,100 workers. And Expedia had 3,900 workers. Now, if you have lived anywhere else in America, those are huge employers. Yeah. Like Albuquerque, New Mexico would love to have an employer that had 3,900 white-collar jobs. Hey, Ron and Don podcast. Ron, myself, my son, and a dog. So it's like three Four, and a half. Three and a half employers. It's like three and a half uh, So uh, Amazon, so yeah. remember that. Microsoft 6300, T-Mobile 51, Expedia 39. Amazon has said they are going to have at least 15,000 employees just in Bellevue, and they are not reducing the number in Seattle. So that doesn't mean that they're taking 5,000 people from Seattle and letting them uh, just change offices over to Bellevue. The number in Seattle is also increasing. The number in Bellevue is going to go to 15,000. So they are a multiple of, uh, of either of those employees or you can add them up. And plus, Expedia is moving out yeah. of Bellevue. So, and so they are now the largest employer in Bellevue. And it goes through and talks about all the real estate they're buying up to do this. So let me ask you this. When, the, when they showed their hand, they thought it was cute. And they also thought they had leverage. Why didn't they show their hand here? Because a lot of this has been suddenly going on now for years. When I lived in South Lake Union, I lived in South Lake Union before... Amazon was Amazon. Before it was cool. Before they were, and they were actually in an old hospital, right? At the top of the hill. And there was a company that no one had ever heard of uh, that was going around and just buying up properties and sitting on those properties. In fact, a good friend of mine had an auto body shop down there. And a company by the name of Vulcan knocked on their door one day and just said, hey, we'd like to buy your auto body shop. And you could buy things pretty cheap in South Lake Union. Then all of a sudden, People connected the name Paul Allen with Vulcan, and they're like, ooh, you know what? You want to buy my auto body shop? It just went up by 100%. Do you think maybe that's why Amazon said, let's not be cute. Let's not end, uh, uh, let's not end up on the front page of the paper like we do with the head tax and on talk radio. Uh, let's just go in and do what we do and and not show our hand here until we have to. I think, or to the, until the other side figures it out, right? I think this light rail system and the stops and where the track goes and the eminent domain that happened is not all by accident. I think if we were given access behind the scenes... Uh, and you were able to see where these buildings are being acquired, where that track is going in, uh, the, the number of square feet, that you would go, okay. I so they, they, they didn't want it high profile. But the politicians in Bellevue are very different than the politicians in Seattle. How so? How so? They're much more business friendly. Get it done. They understand what it means to have 15,000 white-collar jobs in the east side to property values to restaurants to the infrastructure over there uh, i think that uh, they're more amenable to it i think the demographic is just a little bit different in there and, and i don't think it's, the east side always had at least in the you know close to 25 30 years that you and i have been here it's always had the oh the east side is the ritzier side uh and so i think there's just a mentality it's like okay we're we, we don't want to be seattle we want to be bellevue and we we love a gleaming new tower 
we'd love 15,000 workers. And so I think mm. that those things, they wanted to keep that behind the scenes. And now that those pieces are in place and you see the buildings that they are going to acquire and build and the tracks that are going in, it's like, all right, yeah. we're going to do this. They've also deployed a personal shuttle system mm. so that people won't have to drive. 30 seconds, what's it going to do to, to real estate in Seattle and, and on the east side and bedroom communities like Pierce County? And Snohomish County. If you can be, if you are within walking distance to one of these metro stations your price just went up by a lot yeah. a lot it's the Ron and Don show and the Ron and Don radio network we'll see you in one minute okay. when you're ready to sit down with the guys just reach out by email ron at windermere.com Now here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> All right, it's the uh, Ron and Don Show. Thanks for stopping by, you guys. Thanks to everybody that went out to Glow FM, too. If you don't know what Glow FM is, I didn't know what it was either. What is Glow FM? Glow.fm slash Ron and Don Radio. It's a way for you to become an individual sponsor of the Ron and Don Show. That's the way media is really moving. And, and you, we were talking to a newspaper guy uh, the other day that was like, man, we just missed it. We thought we'd always have a big old stack of classifieds in there. And if we had connected with our listeners that yeah. put a value on what this brings to their life, then maybe they would pay for journalism. Now, everybody gets laid off. Same thing with entertainment like what we provide. Uh, the, the way going forward is for people to go, I'm going to support the things that I actually value. Mm. And uh, the glow.fm is a way to do that. So you go to glow.fm, it's in the show notes, slash Ron and Don Radio, and it, you can say, I'm going to give you five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, $380,000 a month if you're Jeff Bezos. Let me ask you this. It's kind of interesting. I, I was in a panel meeting discussion the other day at my son's school, and we were talking about kids. And in fact, the psychologist for elementary kids uh, was there at this meeting, and we were just kind of talking about what kids go through. And this word kept coming up. And this is a word that I probably didn't even understand or get maybe two or three years ago. The word anxiety. Mm-hmm. The word anxiety kept coming up. And maybe the word anxiety has already always been around, and maybe there's been good research, and maybe it, maybe it just wasn't something that we ever learned in my house and in my home. Uh, and maybe I've just become more aware of it. I'll give it. you something to be anxious about. Yeah, or or maybe we as a culture now, maybe maybe we're more in tune with it. Like if you ask my son, and I asked him, I asked him to explain anxiety to me, and I'll leave it a private conversation, but he was able to give me some great examples of what made him anxious and what creates anxiety for him. For me, in, in, in my life, when I begin to feel anxious, I always do something, and I've now tried to change that behavior and do something different. Let me ask you this before I share. What do you do when Ron of the Ron and Don feels anxiety or you feel anxious? And I'm going to double barrel the question, which you're not supposed to do. Great interviewers always ask one at a time, but I'll double barrel it and ask you this too. Do you feel like we're becoming more aware as a culture, or is it just something that everybody else knew and I wasn't I wasn't getting it? Uh, no, I think we've definitely changed as a culture. And even this past year, when we worked with Children's Hospital for the the mental health ward and helped you know uh, with the Nordstrom Foundation, we raised like three hundred thousand dollars for that. That's the number one reason why young people go seek medical help is 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 anxiety and mental. 
mental things, mental disorders, mental issues, the number one thing. So it's not breaking your leg when you're skateboarding. It's not that I didn't wear a helmet when I was up on the, you know, Snoqualmie Pass and I, I hit, hit my head. It is mental issues. And, and so I think, yes, society has, has moved that way. Uh, and I'm, I'm of the same generation as you. We just, it wasn't something you really talked about. So for me, my coping mechanism, uh, as I look back is, is stress eating. And I just did it the other day. We, we had a coworker that has had 30 years at Windermere. So they bought a cake and they bought cupcakes and we had pizza and it was, there was some left and we were going through, uh, I was, it was a long day for me at the office. There was one cupcake left. And so I went in there and I was like, man, I shouldn't, I was like, I just, I'm going to eat this cupcake. And so I, I ate the cupcake and I knew I was stress eating, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat the cupcake. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's always been comfort foods, uh, overeating, like soothing myself with that. And I'm, I've tried to learn more skills though. That's where I, I do this mindfulness app mm-hmm. almost every day. And so it just reminds you that there's different ways you can do this. So like most of the time, if you actually spend time with whatever emotion you have, it dissipates pretty quickly if you focus on it. The other thing that I had to learn how to do is where it shows up in my body because I never paid attention to this growing up. Mm. So for me, when I start to feel it, like a, uh, it, 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 it hits me right in the middle of my chest. It's kind of a tight feeling. Um, the back of my neck will heat up. Uh, and I, when I start to feel those, if my shoulders are really scrunched up towards my ears or my hands are, if I find myself balling my hands uh, in a clenched fist sort of thing, any of those indicators to me like, okay, you need to breathe, you need to relax, close your eyes, uh, and to, uh, there's even like the, some music I can put on that will put me in a, in a more, and just like, and then focus on the thing. Don't try to avoid it. I say, what is it that I'm anxious about? And then focus on that, like yeah. lean into that. And then for me, that will, I'll go, oh, okay, I'm feeling anxious yeah. or I'm worried about this. Mm. And then it's like, what, what's the worst case scenario here? And then it, it will dissipate. What, how, what do you do? You know, for, for, for me, I, when, when we were doing terrestrial radio, uh, we would work until seven o'clock at night. And then I would go and uh, get my son. And then we, we would have this bedroom routine. And a lot of times, by the time we got off the radio, it, it was so stressful because of a lot of things that we had to talk about. There's things that we had to talk about that we don't have to talk about anymore. Like, we don't have to talk about politics unless there's something fun to talk about. It. And so we do on this podcast. But there, it was the format. So we had to do it. And we did our, we, and we did our best. I would go, same thing with me, Ron. I would, I would feel that in my chest, sometimes feeling like I'm having a heart attack. Having a heart attack. And when I would feel that in the morning, what I could do is I could go run or I could go work out or lift some weights or do something. I have, I have some workout gear at home. And for me, I have to do that every day. But in the evening time, my son would go to bed so I can't leave. And I would start feeling the pressures of being a single uh, person. Uh, and I would, I would go by Ken's Market and I would buy my dinner. And then there's a bottle of Hogue wine that I would buy, Chardonnay. And it had the screw top on it. And I would go home and I would, when I was feeling the stress, I would pour that. And even in the pouring of that, I would feel, I would feel a little calmer sure. from that. It's soothing. Yeah, soothing. So I would sit there and I, and I have a glass and then I have two. And the problem is then the two turned into three and then the three turned into the whole bottle. And it's like, okay, I'm sitting at home alone and I just drank 
a whole bottle of wine by myself. Mm -hmm. I got to get some help. I have to make some changes here. And what you learn and what, we, what we've learned in going to therapy, what I've learned, is just because... We, by the way, we are not in therapy together. <laughs> Don and I do not go to couples therapy. We probably should, we should. but we, we never have done that. Yeah, and you know, and, and it took me a while to get this. What took me a while to get it is, is that when you stop a certain behavior, that's not good for you. That's not serving you. And there's nothing wrong with going home and having a glass of wine. There's nothing right. wrong with that. I had a drink last night. I had a long day. Yeah. And I have one. But when it turns into a bottle and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're doing that and you know you're doing that and you're alone and you're stressed and you know that's your coping mechanism, you may not be an alcoholic. Like for me, my therapist says, yeah, you're not an alcoholic, but, but that was a numbing mechanism that you were using. And she always said, guess what? Your life's not going to get easier. It's not going to get easier. In fact, she said, it might get harder because you don't have that coping mechanism anymore. So you have to understand and learn uh, and appreciate what's happening, what's going on, and just slowing down and taking a moment. And then what I've been doing is just going, my steering wheel i think three of my neighbors just called the police (laughs) you know what it's not as tasty as a bottle of wine but it's been working it absolutely scream at your steering wheel i do yeah i've just been screaming you rip your voice up a little bit yeah yeah and and how do you feel now i'm exhausted good absolutely exhausted that's why my throat is gone because i've been screaming my steering wheel no i was reading people like in china they throw plates or they go into a screaming room, and I'm like, I'm out of plates because I threw all my plates. I came over here, and I just looked. Your plates are still packed up, so I figure I'll just do the screaming thing. And so far, it's been working great. Good. Good. I'm glad. Try it. Hey, if that works for you, try that's it awesome. One, try it one time. I'm not doing it right, right now. Right now. Come on. No. Me, my voice is, is tender right now. Is it? Why, yeah. is it? why is it tender? Just this time of year. Oh, interesting. A little, little cough. What else you tender around? Maybe we should go to counseling together. Yes, let's go to counseling together. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. Don't forget to Ron and Don. Sit down. We can sit down with you and go, ah, what were you thinking? No, we don't do that. We try not to yell at each other or at you. We try. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You want to sit down, reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. Don at Windermere.com. We'll see you next time. For episode number 65. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting us, you guys. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.